Hey guys, welcome back to the Deeper Podcast, and it has been a minute, it feels like, since we've done a podcast. It's been about four weeks, and um, it's been a great four weeks. We've had two youth camps, one football camp, and uh, just youth ministry during the summertime is just so uh, so crazy, and it's exciting, and it's fun, and uh, but with all that excitement, all that fun, I'm really excited to get back into the swing of things. Uh, I'm, I'm glad school's back in. I'm I'm ready to get on with the fall, and uh, we just opened up a brand new series in Deeper, but we do kind of pick up a little bit along the lines of what our uh, summer series was, which was on the mountain, and in that series, we talked about one of the most impactful sermons of Jesus's ministry, and that was the Sermon on the Mount, and one of the things that we learned during the series was the point behind the points that Jesus was, that Jesus was making. And with every phrase, Jesus dissected and cut away at the religion of the Pharisees. Now, while they were teachers of Jewish law, they had missed the point of everything. And in doing so, they missed their Messiah. They made serving God about themselves. They were judgmental and they were harsh. They didn't leave much hope for people to truly love and serve God, which is exactly why they didn't recognize God at all when he was right in front of them. In the beginning of John's Gospel, he writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then later in verse 14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Pharisees believed and taught that serving God was more about what you were doing for God, how much you were giving, how perfect your life was, and how you weren't like other people or other sinners, how you could earn your salvation. Except this wasn't Jesus' message at all. Jesus taught repentance from sin and grace from God our Father. It meant that Jesus' method was entirely different than the Pharisees. Jesus would reach out to those who were lost, not avoid them and look down on them. Look at when Jesus called Matthew in Matthew chapter 9 verses 9 through 13. It says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So like I said, tonight, uh, or last night, we opened up a brand new series, and we're taking a look at the ministry of Jesus throughout the Gospel of John. And this series is going to touch on some different things. It's going to talk about some difficult questions. We're going to talk about trusting God letting go and allowing God to be God. We're going to talk about healing and and many other things. But I want to kick off this message by looking at a passage of Scripture found in John chapter 3, which says, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, We all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water 
and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. So let's start by taking a look at who Nicodemus was. He was a religious leader, but really he was much more than that. He was one of the best examples of a teacher that the Pharisees had. Nicodemus was a member of the Sanhedrin, which was a 70-member council that was responsible for religious decisions and civil law. So basically, Nicodemus was a pretty big deal in the world of Jewish religion. Now let's take a look at some of the details in this meeting that the writer highlights. First, Nicodemus came to speak with Jesus after dark. Why would he do that? The fact that Nicodemus was speaking with Jesus at all would have broken the Pharisees' establishment rules. Perhaps he just wanted an uninterrupted meeting with a man who he, and really at least some of the other religious leaders, found interesting. Or maybe it was because he wanted to meet with Jesus under the security of the night. Now we don't know, but we do know that this meeting was a risk for Nicodemus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Now, this sentence shows us a couple things. Nicodemus used the word we, which probably meant that there were other religious establishment leaders that were favorable to Jesus. Now, between the lines, that means that Jesus' ministry is causing some problems, and in a good way. I can't help but imagine the smirk on Jesus' face when he heard that word, knowing the effect that he was having on the religious elite. In fact, Jesus' response to Nicodemus represents the message that Jesus wished the religious leaders would embrace. The other thing to notice here is the way Nicodemus addresses Jesus. Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Now, while that's respectful, Nicodemus wanted to talk with Jesus teacher to teacher rather than man to God. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Now this response from Jesus puzzled Nicodemus, but Jesus' words are everything when it comes to who we are as believers today. Verse 5 says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. The water represents the water baptism and the repentance. John the Baptist would have come to the mind of Nicodemus in this moment because his ministry had taken the nation by storm. Preaching repentance was John the Baptist's ministry. And Jesus was echoing his teaching by saying that the only way to enter the kingdom of God is by repentance and regeneration, essentially becoming a new person through the Holy Spirit. Verses 10 through 15, Jesus highlights something that Nicodemus should have understood as the teacher of Israel, but was ignorant of. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus not as an equal, but as God to man. Verse 13, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And, Moses, and as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Verse 14 here references an event that happened in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 21. Um, we'll pick up at verse 4 and read through verse 9. It says, Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hoar, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. 
But the people grew impatient with a long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who is bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. And Jesus was painting the picture of his ministry and his purpose on earth. The bronze snake in the wilderness represented salvation for the disobedient. If they would simply look at the replica of the snake on the pole, they would have been healed. So the Son of Man must be lifted up. It's a pretty obvious now that Jesus was referring to the cross and the salvation um, to the loss that Jesus would bring. And we continue on in John chapter 3, and we get the most, I would say that John 3.16 is perhaps the most well-known verse in the entire Bible. And it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17 goes on to say, God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. I want to pray with you. God, I thank you, Lord, for everybody who's listening to this podcast, God. I pray, Father, that your word will pierce their hearts, God, that we can know that you are a God who loves us, Lord. God, we're not perfect. We're sinners, and we're saved by your grace. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. It's a gift that's been given to us. You've opened the door for us, God. And, and Lord, as we break our hearts before you, as we confess our sins before you, as we admit that we need a Savior, Lord, you are that Savior. God, I pray that, that everyone who's listening to this, God, is, is, I pray that their heart is open towards you, God, that we're repentant of our sin, God, that we can uh, lean into a deeper, stronger relationship with you because you are God and you are our Savior. And Lord, we love you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and I will see you next week as we pick up in this series. Uh, we're calling it The God Man, and, um, and I'm really excited about it. And, and we really get this name from this message here, where Jesus really reveals himself as who he is, which is fully God and fully man. Hey, I'll see you next week. Have an awesome week.